And we're back. What up, fuckers? I hope that last one wasn't too much of a downer or a fear inspirer for you. I figure it's just better to get prepared and get plans in place now than to be shocked when your dad abruptly dies and you're immersed in the whole family system, watching your brain revert to old versions that hate you as much as your family does as you make a CPTSD podcast that they're punishing you for. But that's just a note from my own life. Thing is, you'll also realize at a certain point that it does not have to be your family who you feel so obligated to in order for your brain to go a bit haywire, to fall back into trauma patterns or parts that you would rather keep buried. In fact, any relationship can follow similar trends, including relationships with work and other life structures. Again, We're programmed for being responsible for others and putting our needs on the back burner, adhering to whatever system we are already in. So any situation that feels similar, yeah, might have similar results. Not being able to leave, even though it is fucking killing you slowly or rapidly, depending on what you're dealing with. And the truth is, relationships of all sorts can be imprisoning when we're aiming for recovery. In a lot of ways, change is often punished by our comrades. People do not like to see other people changing. It destabilizes the relationship dynamic and may loosen some of those original points of connection. They don't know what to expect from you anymore, and they'll often react fearfully, trying to get you back to original specs. We don't want to be socially exiled or to lose our key connections, So we can get stuck in a place of non-recovery as people crab bucket us. Secondly, bad relationships are real typical around here, and they include relationships we aren't actually allowed to leave, like family engagements. You can't, you know, abandon your children, for instance. And... These relationships also include ones that we feel like we just can't leave for sake of resources, morality, obligation, or fear. When we're isolated from others, common, and trauma bonded to someone, even more common, we assess that this is it. We're stuck forever. That in and of itself is a trauma, which clearly won't permit progress to be made while still in the throes of abuse. Thirdly, people will not let us leave relationships, even when we state our needs and intentions, a lot of the time. Harassment and stalking are not isolated experiences, even when it's being executed by family members, even though those experiences certainly feel like you are the only one going through it. Any of these trends will create a sense of being held in place, unable to make moves that are necessary for oneself, and struggling internally knowing what one wants and needs, but being restrained from putting those practices into action. An idealized prior version of self may be the goal, but the present-day version of self that's allowed and empowered by this relationship in question keeps being ignited instead. If we cannot get the other person or the relationship to change, we often just toil away in it, perpetually trying to our own detriment. 
This is largely because another point. Number four, we assess that we aren't capable to be on our own. We often believe that we can't support ourselves in one way or another. We can't be safe or secure. We can't weather our own emotions. We won't have an identity without this partnership or job or connection. We'll somehow be untethered from stable ground and can't rely on ourselves to pour some new goddamn cement. And this is true across internal and external events. So sure, we assess that we can't conquer the world ourselves. It's a scary place that demands way too much of us. It's not unfair, especially with a lifetime of negative events to remember and extrapolate into predictions. But we also assess that we can't manage our own internal events, that our feelings will overtake us, our intrusive memories, our various mental ailments. Our anxiety, for instance, might be the thing that holds us in a romantic relationship dynamic because we assume that it will escalate enormously if we leave and then we won't have that person to lean on in the ways that we've learned to do it so far for support. And that fear of self, of our own inner worlds, of not being able to manage them, clearly enormously significant, enormously self-limiting. It's what keeps us running from our own brains and our own potential, rescinding our attempts to break free of prior limitations, believing that there is no point in trying in so many ways. In the aftermath of all of these relational conditions, we then get a lingering sense of entrapment, which turns into defeat. That is what the literature tells us. We can't move forward because of this situation, but we can't leave this situation to move forward. We feel, again, just like last time, stuck, but furthermore, defeated. There's no move for us to make, so we just give up. The sense of being trapped and helpless creates defeat, and defeat creates suicidality. Yeah, that's it. That's what the research revealed. When we lose our sense of autonomy and control over our lives, we don't want to keep bothering with those lives at all. And how could you blame us? It's wrong or unsafe to leave. It's debilitating to stay. Not to mention, we also found out that we'll be enduring rounds of negative self-assessment in this setup. So then we can shame and blame ourselves the whole time, creating cognitive depression from the inside out. Not to mention, but we're mentioning it, Sense of personal incapacity really doubles down our fear and avoidance. If we assess that we're unable to do things, then we won't approach them anymore. For instance, if we're wounded by other humans or past risks that didn't pan out, we trim our support systems along with the richness of our existences, trying to stay safe in the future. With the result of temporarily reducing a little anxiety, but overall making this an anxious life that's no real life at all. And then, like, what's a motherfucker to do except to apparently live in constant misery? Well, 
end the constant misery with the only seemingly available answer. Of course, it is not the only answer. Just the way our brains share some similar logical patterns of cognition. We often forget that we do have choices. Just because we opted into something before does not mean it's a lifelong sentence. But our brains kind of disagree. They do not like that very much. Once we establish some neural connections, especially once they've been strengthened repeatedly, we do not like to consider blowing them apart and starting anew. It's fearful. It's uncertain. It's energetically costly. It requires full reevaluation of prior choices and the ultra expensive brain function of making new ones. Decisions with unknowable outcomes that will further spin out our T brains. So I think it just helps to remember how hard your brain tries to stay stagnant, really. Just because you aren't seeing immediate options for fixing your situation or leaving it doesn't mean they don't exist. It means they aren't already at the forefront of your thoughts, or you might benefit to consider new ones. And in this case, we can end the entrapping relationship, whether that's to a person, place, career, or idea. Just because certain roles and expectations were established, they do not have to remain rigid and unchanged. We can change the dynamics with new boundaries and personal expectation standards. We can face the unknown future, flourish, and fuck right off to a whole new life. You do not have to feel endlessly obligated to any social connection or other relationship just because it's already been started. Most likely, it was established at a time when you were not the same person you are now, were not as healthy, did not see things so clearly, or know what you really needed in life. And who knows how much more that's going to change if you have the conditions to allow it. Just remember, a lot of old relationships will directly oppose your attempts to positively change. So that being said, how do we handle things like this? How do you know when it's time to split if the management isn't working? Well, look, first things first, we're not looking for black and white trauma reactions here. Don't like cut and run on people without giving them the opportunity to change or adapt to your changes if it's never happened before. That's called abandonment. So first, start with boundaries. Try to change the relationship dynamics as you can manage. But if the other party doesn't play along, then it's time to get more distance, fucker. Do not get stuck in the trauma relationship trap of feeling so tethered to someone who will not take proactive steps that it's also destroying you, especially if the reason that you stay is because you fear that they can't make it without you or you can't make it without them. Both of these are trauma-typical patterns from our histories of having to take care of everyone while also being informed that we actually need them because the world is such a dangerous place, and so is our brain. To know when a relationship is ready to die, though, I think you need to find out 
how you function without the relationship and then reintroduce it to your life. Notice the changes in yourself and believe what you find. From there, you can adjust accordingly in whatever ways the other person's behaviors permit, according to what you found out you actually need. Going no contact could be the only answer. Remember that it is an answer and a much better one than erasing ourselves from earth because we feel trapped in a relationship. But we often forget exactly how capable we are in the midst of them, especially the codependent variety that we often spawn with CPTSD. As a result, we get into dangerous places in our own heads, hating ourselves, doubting ourselves, and fearing ourselves to the extent that we might feel like there is only that one escape route. There's not. And if you're ever feeling this way, obviously, please reach out for help from a professional hotline. There are so many organizations devoted to helping us get out. Open up to someone about what's going on, someone you can trust. And don't let your brain convince you that you do not have a way to exit the situation. You do. It just might counter everything you previously held in your perspectives. Just remember, you aren't alone, even in the entrapment, defeat, suicidality, or fears of self-capacity. Your brain is doing what a billion other brains have been up to already all morning. Welcome home. This is just part of our common wiring. Second, never forget that you don't know what's going to happen in the future, but you know exactly what has already happened in the past. Don't doubt your capability to handle upcoming storms. Focus on everything you've handled already. And never forget the full you, the full life that you aim to live. You aren't trapped. You aren't incapable of reaching that existence. You just haven't had permission before. And this relationship, job, home, or other set of circumstances, it isn't worth continuing to abandon your whole life. You're more capable than you know, but you might have to prove it to the hardest critic of them all, your own motherfucking brain. So till we talk about more ways to do that, hail yourself, hail your future. You don't need someone else to justify, validate, or create it. You're stronger than you're able to acknowledge right now. And hail Archie, who really helped to teach me a lot of the same. Cheers, y'all, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.